Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. That power is tested, that authority is tested. 
Pilate has done his own personal investigation of Jesus. He's spoken to him. He's asked him questions. And you can read in John, John's Gospel that Pilate says uh, that even he saw that he was innocent. That this man has no guilt. So Pilate understood that the man standing before him, Jesus, the one they called the Messiah, was innocent. No guilt. His wife tells him, I had a drink, you need to let this guy go. But because the crowds cried out, crucify him, Pilate said, okay, I give in. Can I tell you it's important to stand upon your convictions in God? Regardless of how loud the crowds cry. But we do understand that God has redemptive plan in place. And the authority that Pilate had was only authority given to him by God. And it ushered Jesus in the direction that Jesus needed to go to fulfill prophetic words that were spoken of him. Yet he gives into the voice of the crowd. Pilate was, if you look at the history of Pilate, you'll see that he was uh, probably not a really well-liked person. He was holding on to a, a, a kind of weak political card in the place that he had been put. And... He was very much about saving himself. We see that Pilate uses his authority to serve himself, to keep his political place, and to save himself from the cries of the crowd. He uses this authority for himself. And I want to draw our attention to something that he does this morning. Because he says that, oh, I'm getting nowhere with these people. They just keep crying, crucify him, so I'm going to have to give up. And so he says, can you bring me a bowl of water? And he brings the, the, the people bring him this bowl of water. And he washes his hands in the water. And he says, well, I am innocent. This is on you. He washes his hands of the responsibility of the death of Jesus, of the blood of Jesus. He washes his hands and says, this has got nothing to do with me, this is your fault. This is on you. He's been given authority and he washes his hands of that responsibility. No, it's not mine. Can I tell you that that's a, that's a weak expression of authority. It's to wash our hands of the responsibility that God has given us. To abdicate responsibility. To say, no, not my fault, not my problem, that's on you. That's a weak demonstration of authority and power. Because genuine authority takes responsibility, even when it's not in the wrong. Genuine power can overlook being in the wrong to make the right decision. And so Pilate abdicates responsibility. He washes his hands. No, it's got nothing to do with me. And then I want to look at what Pilate says. This is his statement. I am innocent of this man's blood. I am innocent of this man's blood. Never has there been a bigger false statement than Pilate saying, I'm innocent of this. Because no one is innocent of Jesus' blood. There was crowds of, of, of some of the best Jewish leaders at that place on that time. Religious people who ticked all the boxes. 
They weren't innocent of Jesus' blood. There were Jewish people who had followed their whole lives. Torah, they had given themselves to the study of God's word. They weren't innocent of Jesus' blood. There were people who were there in, in Roman authority. Soldiers with power. They weren't innocent of Jesus' blood. No one is innocent of Jesus' blood. And you in this room this morning are not innocent of Jesus' blood. Every one of us is guilty. Pilate was guilty. Judas was guilty. Peter was guilty. The Roman soldiers were guilty. The Jewish leaders are guilty. The front row is guilty. The back row is guilty. We are all guilty of the sin that put Jesus on the cross. There is not one in this room that is innocent of that sin. And we love to sing about the benefits of the cross. But have you ever thought about the personal sin that put him there? Oh, it gets, it gets a little bit offensive when we preach a gospel that makes us look to our inside of ourselves and realize that we are the ones that are guilty of the blood of Jesus. We put him there. Now, hang on a second, Scott. I wasn't there. I wasn't even born. I'm innocent. Sorry, friends. You're as guilty as me. You're as guilty as Pilate. But I didn't send him to his death. He stole the chocolate bar, but and that was my chocolate bar. I was looking forward to eating that. My wife's not here. She's the culprit. She's guilty as charged. But not one of us can say, I am innocent of Jesus' blood. You know, the only one standing there that day that was innocent was the one that took responsibility for the sin of everyone else. The one that could have defended himself. The one that could have laid out his list of good works. The one that could have stood there and pleaded about his relationship with God and all of the things that he had done. And yet he was silent. And the innocent was declared guilty on that day. Oh, thank you for the cross of Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us. Because in his crucifixion, in his death, in his burial, and in his resurrection, we who are guilty are now called innocent. Not because of our work, but because of his. It's been declared upon our lives. We've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And maybe you're sitting here and you feel a little uncomfortable because I'm talking about you. I'm talking about myself too. And there was a point where I would never have admitted it. Where I never would have, have, have recognized it. But can I, can I say to us that we won't actually receive the full benefit of Jesus' death if we don't take the full responsibility of our own sin. That's where repentance comes in. 
we realize that our ways are flawed, our ways are sinful, our ways are, are offensive to God. And we turn to Him and receive the forgiveness that He has, the forgiveness that He gives to us. Pilate washed his hands. He was like, no, it's got nothing to do with me, this is on you. But there is not one of us that's innocent. The good news is that there's not one of us that has to stay guilty. Because that death on the cross was sufficient for all of our sin. For the chocolate bars, for the murders, for whatever it was that brought you to that place. And as Pilate on that day stood in the judgment seat and gave a verdict on Jesus, there will be a day when all of us stand before the judgment seat of God. And what will be your plea on that day? Will it be, no, I worked really hard. I went to church every week. Sometimes I went to church three times. I even helped to paint the church. I gave money to the poor, helped the orphan. That's, that's not sufficient. Here is the plea that we need. Jesus is my Savior. And because of what He did, I can stand in this place with blessed assurance. Jesus is my plea. And when he was considered guilty, and the innocent died on behalf of the guilty, those who were guilty, when we put our faith in Jesus and we receive this salvation, we are declared eternally innocent. That is good news for you this morning. Because if you want to personalize the cross, we've got to personalize sin. We've got to personalize the reason for it. It's not just the person sitting next to you that did this. It was on all of us. And if Pilate was in charge, we'd all be in trouble. Because we saw what Pilate did. Now, this kind of got my attention because it's not the only time we see a bowl of water. It was probably, probably even less than 24 hours before this that we see Jesus has an interaction with his disciples before the, the Passover celebration. We're going to read from John chapter 13. It says, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that this hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. So he knew what was going to take place. He knew that he was going to the cross. He had accepted responsibility. He had taken upon the responsibility of others. And he knew what was taking place. He had, his loved, he had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Listen to this. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. And that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table. He took off his robe. He wrapped a towel around his waist. And he poured water into a basin. And then he began to wash the disciples' feet drying them with the towel he had around him. We see that as Jesus is heading to the cross, he also calls for a bowl of water. But it's not a bowl of water to wash his hands, because he was the innocent one. He could have. And it says that he knew what was going to happen. He even knew that one of them was going to betray him. Yet he calls for a bowl of water, and he uses this water not to abdicate responsibility, but to wash the feet of those he had walked with. 
You see, Jesus uses his authority not to save or serve himself, but to save and serve those he was called to love. And if you want to see the power of God at work, it's not with the Roman sword. It was with a bowl of water and a towel. And as God himself knelt before guilty disciples, he washed their feet in pure humility, in pure service, in pure love toward them. He washed their feet. Pilate washed his hands. Jesus washed their feet. And this was preparation for them. Because Peter, who loves to talk, he's like, well, if you're going to wash my feet, you need to wash the whole of me. And Jesus says to him, Peter, well, at first Peter didn't want him to wash him at all. He's like, you can't. You're like, you're, you're unworthy. You're like, I'm not worthy of that. And Jesus is like, if I don't wash you, you can have no part with me. This morning, if he hasn't washed you, you can have no part with me. And so we see this imbalance, we see this difference, we see this, this, this radical grace at work. When a Roman soldier, who's been given, Roman governor has been given authority and he uses it to save and serve himself. And when the truest authority that has ever been and will ever be uses the authority that he's been given to save and serve others. That this is a demonstration of God's power at work. Some would say it's foolishness. That is foolish that God himself would stoop and wash the feet of the guilty. That's foolishness that God himself would give his life. That's foolishness. The cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But it is wisdom. It is wisdom. It is wisdom. It is his wisdom. Probably not the plan I would have come up with. Maybe you wouldn't either. Maybe you could come up with a couple of different plans and this would be nowhere near what we would come up with. But this was God's divine plan. And this plan is perfect because it brings salvation to everyone. But you've got to let Him wash you. And in order to let Him wash you, you've got to realize that you're a little dirty. We had our friend, Pastor Alex, from Livingston come over and he, he spent a couple of weeks with us. He was ministering with us in our services and you know, we just got to spend some time with him and ask him questions about what's taking place over in, in Africa, in the church in Africa. And uh, he made this really, really uh, interesting observation about what's been taking place. He said that there's a lady in their church, I think she was a lawyer or a teacher, and she came to, to Jesus and she uh, is now part of the church. And her friend was asking questions. Why are you going to the church now? Why is there something wrong with you? Do you have a problem? And he said it's because the, the gospel has been preached in such a way that Jesus is, is just someone that changes your life. That Jesus is therapeutic for you. That Jesus makes you feel a bit better. That when you're having a really tough day, Jesus is, is the one that's going to change your life. 
And there is, there is truth to that. But the heart of the gospel is not that Jesus is just an addition to make your life better. It's that there is a transfer of life. That he gives his life for us. And then in turn we receive his life and give our lives for him. And at the heart of the gospel, right in the centre of the good news, is the fact that there was some bad news. And the bad news was none of us could do it for ourselves. The bad news, we were all stuck in sin. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Every single one of us. And yet, the innocent Lamb of God would take upon all of our guilt, all of our shame, and declare us free. Declare us saved. This is good news. This is good news for the Jew, and it's good news for the Gentile, for the Roman soldier, for the Jewish leader, for the person in the front row, and for the people in the back row. This is good news for everyone today. Jesus came to give you life, life in its abundance. And you might be sitting here and thinking, yes, I have received eternal life. I have received the forgiveness that he, that he has for me. We all are still on a journey where he is transforming us and working his, by his spirit to make us more and more like Jesus for his life to be lived through us. But we never graduate from it. And I say this quite often, we don't graduate from the gospel. It is the power of God that leads to salvation. And it is the power of God that, that is saving us daily. So we remember the cross. We remember the resurrection. We remember Jesus' blood that was poured out for us, for each of us as individuals and as a collective body. And today we say thank you. That's all we can say, isn't it? You don't have to do anything to earn this. This is where the grace is just radical, scandalous even. But if you would just put your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did, then what he did becomes yours. And the benefit of what he did is yours. I want to pray for us this morning. And I want to pray again that even in our hearts, we would remember that whilst we were still sinners, while we were at enmity with God, He, in His divine love and kindness, chose this plan for us. And that it would become again personal to us. I don't feel that God wants to remind you of all of your sin. Because he says that he forgets it. He remembers it no more. But to think about the fact that I have now been declared innocent because of the blood of Jesus. It was me that put him there. But because he chose to go freely, now I choose to celebrate freely. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this glorious, this glorious truth. We thank you for the truth of the, of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. 
We thank you for the death, the burial, the tomb, and the resurrection. We thank you that in him, and because of him, and him alone, there is the potential for us to be declared innocent, to have our sin washed away, to be cleansed and forgiven, to be set free in this glorious thing we call salvation. We thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for your life. We thank you for your death. And we thank you for this glorious hope. We just pray that in this time, that the rest of the time that we have together today, that your spirit would bring us to that place where we are convicted of sin and righteousness. Lord, where you show us the goodness of your sacrifice for our hearts and our lives. And that we can remember again the goodness of Jesus. I pray also for those of us in the room today that have never had that revelation yet. That I am part of the, 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 t the group that put him on the cross. And Lord, I know that doesn't come from my words. It comes from your spirit. As you bring conviction, as you draw men and women unto yourself. And so I pray in this time that we have to just reflect that you would do the drawing, that you would do the convicting in our hearts, and that you would set us free as you desire and as you have planned. We thank you, Jesus, for what you want to do in us and through us. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.